Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Friday. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all uh, for those of you that have your cameras on. For those of you that don't, I would love to see your beautiful faces. Um, okay, so this is a, an Ask Me Anything session. Thank you to those who actually sent me questions in advance. So I have a little bit prepared in case there's a little uh, timidity here. People don't want to raise hands or talk, which is kind of weird. So I think most people do on my calls mostly. So we're cool. Um, but, you know, the intent is that over the last... I don't know, six months. <laughs> I've given a ton of resources. I've given a ton of a ton of like tips and things that I do. And I know that there's questions because I get them. Uh, I get them a lot. And so I thought, why not take a moment to just kind of go through like some of my favorite resources, ask some questions and tell you what, you know, you know, if we're, our theme is getting business today, what to do now, I thought you probably would have some questions. So does anyone want to start or do you want me to start with the two questions that I got emailed to me? Because I don't know if the two that emailed them to me are actually on the call. So if someone else has something, let's just move forward. Jess. I got one. Something. Hey girl. Hey, good morning. <laughs> Hey, um, <clears throat> we were just talking about the 12 days of Christmas on the skin in the game. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to find out when you're with these um, businesses, are you going live with them every day or is it like pre-recorded and then you post it for 12 days consecutively? Does that make sense? I go live. Live every time. Okay, cool. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Easy question. Love that one. Isabel. You're muted. Yes, I wanted to find out if you have a community Facebook group. Um, I do not have a community Facebook group. Um, I had tried started what start. I've tried starting one many many times, but I'll be honest with you, it's just been me managing it, uh, and I manage just this group, the group that I started for agents, and that's a lot to just manage <laughs> one group. So no, I don't. However, I know that there's a few people. I don't know if they're on the call today, but there are a few people who do fake community Facebook groups, and they are super successful. Um, so there is the answer to that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Petya, you're up. Am I? <laughs> uh, hi, everybody. So my question is, um, what are your system in place that you use? Or at least what was the first one when you start as a single agent, if you have now a team? Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question back. When you say system, what do you mean? I mean, something that helps you to uh, have more time, uh, let's say, to follow up with leads or lead gen, like how to prioritize what is important for you to grow your business faster. First thing I would do is hire an assistant or a transaction coordinator. Very first thing, because I'll tell you what, like you can, you can go down a rabbit hole of implementing automations and workflows and CRMs and zaps and uh, you know, all these things. But if you are trying to do that all yourself, you're never going to get anything else done. That's how I feel. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. That's my, that's my number one. So that's my number one system. <laughs> it's hiring okay. an assistant. And what the assistant does for you then? 
Like including yeah. transaction coordinators? I have a yeah. transaction coordinator who's separate. So my transaction coordinator just manages transactions. That was my very first hire. I have an assistant who manages like the operation side of my business. So she does like, right now we're working on building out my project management, my project management system. We're working on building out my Slack channel. We're working on building out a ton of stuff. Um, so she's doing that. I have another one who's really focused on um, onboarding. So onboarding new agents, helping to create uh, the agent onboarding experience much better. I have one. He's also working on onboarding and offboarding clients. Um, so that's kind of what we do now. Okay. And when we talk about onboarding, uh, do you have like a special meetings with your people that they're under you? Yeah, we, that that is a little. It it, it just depends. It depends. Um, you know, my onboarding agents is all virtual because a lot of my agents are not here in Washington. But yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Karuna. Hey, yeah. So um, you had you were talking about time management versus being able to prioritize on a post. Do you remember that? And I yeah, said so agree. I yeah, which is actually a great conversation for a no totally another topic. Okay. Because like, I asked what what skills people need would think you think is really successful or uh, or you're going to need to be successful. And yeah. uh, someone had said time management, and I had actually heard something. I think it was in Brendan Burchard's book, High Performance Habits. If you haven't read that book, I highly, highly recommend it. It's one of the best books I've read in the last 10 years. Um, and oh. it is right here. And I literally cannot put it down. It, I'm actually reading it. Full on, good old-fashioned reading. Um, underlining almost pretty and pretty much every single every single line in this book. But he specifically talks in here about how he doesn't believe that people have time management problems. People have priority management problems. Yeah. Because I feel like everything's a priority and that jams me up. So yeah, I'd love a call about like decision tree, how you break it down, how you know what's going to be the most effective ROI for your tasks. Yeah. So the way, the way I do it is I basically start with, and someone else is also asking like, how do you keep your business organized? That kind of thing. Um, so I always start with my annual goal. So I don't know if any of you follow me on social media, but the other day I posted a picture of my actual mind map. Just so you guys know, this is what my brain looks like when I am. Yeah, I missed that. Goals. It is literally looks just, it's a map. I start, it's a funnel, right? So I start at the top and I, this is what I want to achieve. How do I want to achieve that? And that's how I start. Mm -hmm. And then I break it down into quarterly, what I call quarterly rocks. And the rocks are what I look at to say, okay, this is how I'm going to gauge my success at the end of the quarter. Okay, so essentially that gives you the ability to only have four major rocks a year, right? Because everything, everything's a priority, but not everything's a priority. And also you learn when you start breaking it down on more of a, like a, a macro to a micro level, you start to learn that um, everything that's a priority starts to kind of fall in place with all the tools together. You know yeah. what I mean? So you kind of have to like step out of it and just look. I feel like I have the macro and I have the micro and mm -hmm. I haven't learned how to navigate from that one to the other. So then I take it down to a monthly level. And on a monthly level, that's where it becomes a little bit more tactical. And I'm like, okay, so if I know that this is at the, so the quarter, let's say, for example, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to, you know, um, sell 50 million in volume next year. That's my goal. I want to sell $50 million in sales, real estate sales. And I know that in order for me to sell $50 million, I have to sell 56 houses at a minimum price point of $650,000. So I know that. Okay. So now what I do is on a quarterly rock, then I break that down. I'm like 56 houses per quarter, right? Or what it, whatever, whatever that is divided by four. And then each month I have to have it. However many that is per month. 
And then what I do is I take that down to a week and I say, okay, per week, in order for me to close this many deals, I have to have this many appointments. So ultimately I have to have 10 appointments a week in order for me to make my goal based Mm. on my current conversion rate. Now the goal is that based on my current conversion rate, if I have 10 appointments a week, which is kind of, seems like kind of a lot, I need to get better at conversion, obviously. But, (laughs) but, um, but if I, if I, if I have a a convert, an appointment goal of 10, 10 per week, now I can actually break it down and say, okay, how many calls do I need to make per week? In order for me to make this many calls per week, I have to generate this amount of leads per week. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's how, that's how I would start. I would start at like a macro level and then break it down. Yeah. And like you, workshop would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe in just, maybe in December. Okay. can do that. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Yeah. Let me get a couple questions in the chat real quick. Uh, Lenora came in with, is your assistant virtual? I have two. Um, and one of, they're actually both local to Washington. Uh, but one of them is kind of virtual cause she's like very far north of me. Um, and I'm not sure that she and I actually ever see each other, <laughs> like ever. She's local in my own state. And I'm not sure that I actually ever see her. I see her in person like once a year uh, or twice a year. Um, but I had a virtual assistant in the Philippines before and he was awesome. Uh, but I will tell you, like, if you do have a VA, you need to make sure that you're very clear about what you need your VA to do on a daily basis. You need to have SOPs for them. You need to have a job description for them because if they're not, VA, like, or their task, they're basically task managers. So if they don't have tasks, they don't take the, the proactive approach to actually get more tasks to do. So if you're paying them in advance, right, which is mostly if you're going through a VA service, you're usually paying in advance. You pay, you know, $8 an hour, 40 hours a week in advance, which is $1,400 a month. And they might not be working 40 hours a week because you have not given them 40 hours a week worth of work. So if you do hire a VA, make sure that you have very clear job descriptions in place. That was my thing there. Um, Okay. And then one more before I go to Jess, Um, housekeeping to keep your successful business organized. Do I have a bookkeeper runs with an LLC, S Corp, LLC for asset protections? Okay. Lots of questions. So I I do have a bookkeeper. I do have a CPA. I am an S Corp. Um, As far as like um, the question about LLC for protection of assets, I'm not going to touch that one because that is something I would advise you to talk to your CPA or your insurance advisor about. Um, My employees are all independent contractors. So iPhone, who asked that question? Uh, that is your answer. <laughs> Wendy, Linnea's brain scares me. <laughs> Jess. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to ask um, earlier. My common sense is telling me if I go live, do it on my, my personal page, but is there any benefit? Can you go live on business pages on Facebook? You can. And I think like on the call, like Chris and I actually kind of talked about this a little bit. I missed it. Yeah, and Chris, Chris, um, I put the, just so you know, I put, if you want to watch the full thing, I put it in the group so you can go back and watch the full replay. Cause it's, okay. um, but, um, so Chris goes live on his personal page and his thought was you probably have more reach on your personal page. Yeah. Um, I personally have about the same amount of reach on my personal and my business page. So for me, I tend to go live on my personal page because that's where I just get more engagement as I'm live. And okay. I like engagement when I'm live. Right. I like when I look down, I'm one of those people who like looks down when I'm live. I'm like, oh, zero, zero people are watching. My content's really boring. But I like I like to have the engagement when I'm live. Obviously, you can probably tell that about me. So so I go live on my personal page and then I share it to my business page. If I want to run an ad on it for my business page, I download it from my lot mm. and then upload. To my I thought you could do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could like even take it if you want to like make it a little bit more ad friendly, you could like 
take it. And then if you have a video editor, have them like come through and edit it to be a little bit more ad friendly. So, you know, if you're live for 15 minutes, you don't really want to run a 15 minute ad in my opinion. I just think that's a long video to run, but you could maybe cut that down. I like the idea too. I think I would get more engagement on my personal page just because it's personal and I don't have nearly as many um, followers on my business page. So that said, I'll probably do it on personal. And then like you said, download it and post it on my business. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a really good plan. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Kim. Hi hey there. Um, I think I, I sent an email to you as well about this or in the comments. Homebot. So yeah, I'm in a brand new state, moved cross country. How do I go approach a new vendor, a new lender to become a partner with me on that? Where are you at? I'm in Northern Colorado. I can probably find one for you. I'm pretty sure that I know someone who can probably help you. I believe that John Drennan is also in Colorado and he said he would be more than willing to help you set up on list reports and Homebot. Mm-hmm. I'll send you his contact info. John Drennan. There you go. That's how you do it. <laughs> you okay. <ask. laughs> I am also from Colorado. That is my home state. Lived there for millions of years. I look good for a million years old. Um, so if you need some help with some uh, referrals, I would be happy to help you with that also. Who's talking? I can't see. <laughs> that was Jackie. Jackie. Jackie okay. Durth. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Great question. Um, okay. The other question that came through on my, um, and I think I just saw the person that asked this question, come on. Um, the question is listings. I feel like my consultation is lacking. What do you discuss? Is there a checklist you run through? Is your consultation after you previewed the home? Do you talk marketing strategy? I'm farming FISBOs and expires and I just want to be ready. Oh, then I got a correction. I don't have a consultation process, to be honest. Okay. (laughs) I love it. I love the honesty. Um, Okay. So here's the deal. Uh, I do have what I call a listing conversation. Okay. My, I, this, I'll be real honest. This is the, the last eight weeks, I have been hyper-focused on improving my listing conversation and improving my listing conversion ratios. Because I will tell you, um, the reason I asked in the group the other day, what skills do you think are going to be the most important for this new market? Because I'm a firm believer that a skill set is going to make or break you. And so I think that the skill set, the skill of being able to convert people is going to make make or break help me make or break my business, right? So that's been what I've been super hyper focused on. So yes, I do have a listing conversation. I have a whole pre-listing process. I have a whole script that I read. I, I have it here. I read it three times before I actually leave my house. I read it right before I go in the car and I just read my script over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I read it until it's like something I can like speak. And I will tell you, I did it yesterday and um I aced this, this damn listing presentation. I was like, so I walked out of that. I was like, I was so proud of myself. I got, I was just like, man. And then the one thing I did not do. Okay. So this is another skill that I'm going to have to like master is I did not get the contract signed at the listing appointment. I could have totally could have, but I didn't. So, um, the, to answer your question, yes, I do. I do do the consultation. I, when I, I don't necessarily go do a pricing preview or a pricing conversation. 
Because the reality is, if someone is inviting me over to their house, they are a lot more serious about selling than you think, right? If they are, you know, six months out, I ask them, I break down a timeline for them, just like you saw me break down my goals, right? You just saw the map of me breaking down my goals. I do the exact same thing for people when they're talking about, oh, I think we're going to wait to sell till spring. Why do you want to wait till sell to, to sell till spring? Let's talk about your objections. Let's go three deep on this and understand what is your timeline? What's your intention? Because you're talking to a realtor now. I mean, there's usually a reason why you invited someone over. So, and then usually if someone's like seeing me, unless it's like me calling them, usually when someone's calling me or coming, it's an inbound for me, they've seen me multiple times. So they've, they've watched me multiple times. Sometimes people are six months out, um, you know, and then my conversation with people who are six months out is just simply, you know, the market's going to change in six months. So me giving you a price right now is really, it's useless. Like we don't know what's going to happen in six months. I mean, look what happened in the last 60 days. I mean, I literally just did the pricing consultation for this person in the last 30 days, the average price per square foot on all the sold properties was $203. The pendings was 175. The actives was 165 price per square foot. So <laughs> days on market went from the 30, the solds were 35 days on market. Actives are 66 days on market. So for me to tell you six months out what I think your price is is completely ridiculous. No one knows. So Gia, I don't know if that helped answer your question a little bit. We can probably do another conversation on the listing process. I know Wendy did uh, her listing process as a guest host. So I might ask Wendy to come on and co-host that one with me because she's amazing. And anything Wendy says, I do. Um, <laughs> I say that all the time. She, she always shakes her head, but I do literally anything Wendy tells me to do. I just do it. Um, well, I'm not on uh, yours. I'm on Wendy's. <laughs> I need I need to make a shirt that says um, winning because of Wendy. <laughs> I love that. Let's get it started. Let's do it. Well, Naya, back to, your, I love back you. to your comment about skills. I think, you knowing the market is going to be the skill too. like you, like what you just said, a lot of agents don't know that it's changed in 30 days. And, and, and I think that's going to be a skill we're going to have to, make ourselves pay attention to. I mean, yep. I know that I haven't really been as on top, you know, used to, I had my old system, you know, you just pull the last six months. Well, now it's got to be the last three months or last month or whatever. So I think that's going to be a skill we're going to have to pay attention to and work on. I totally agree. I agree that I think one of the skills is going to be uh, definitely got to be a pricing expert. You have to be good at pricing. Like if you don't know how to price a property, I mean, I, I do think that's going to that's going to be a big, a big deal. So I, I agree with you hundred percent on that, Evelyn. Um, Carol, good morning. Hey, good morning. Um, okay. So you talked about what you do to prep for your listings, but what you said that you're working on your conversions. Mm -hmm. So what techniques are you enlisting? So how did you decide what you wanted to study in order to create the script? Does that make sense? Yep. Um, you mean as far as like, um, like what, what data points I wanted to study or like as far as when, what skill set I decided to go after because of that? What skill set you decided to go after? So what I did is I went back and I looked at all of my appointments for like how many appointments I got in 2021 or 2022 kind of took an average of both. And I said, okay, of those appointments, how many of those did I actually close? How many appointments did I go on? How many homes did I sell? And then I was like, okay, there's a conversion problem. 
not necessarily a follow-up problem. You all know I don't have a problem following up. It's a conversion problem. Okay. And, uh, and so what I did is I went and I went out and I actually was like, okay, let me find a course. Let me find something. Let me find a book. Let me learn. Let me find the people who are excellent at converting. And all I'm doing is I am diving deep on it. And I'm like, okay, there's a lot of things that I could be doing differently. A, I need to be pre-qualifying people, right? I'm not pre-qualified. I was not pre-qualifying my listing appointments. I am pre-qualifying them now, even my buyers. Like I don't like buyers are much easier for me to convert because I've worked, because I've worked with buyers for so long, right? Cause I've been a buyer. I was a buyer's agent for so long and I'm now switching my business to be six. I want, I want 60% listings by the end of 2023, right? Right now I'm about 50, 50. So okay. what are you doing to pre-qualify your sellers or your listings? Well, there's a lot of series of questions I'm asking him. Okay. So questions I'm like, I, I have a whole, I have, I, they get the pre-listing packet and then, you know, 24 hours when I'm calling to actually, you know, con, like confirm the appointment, which I confirm, I don't have my ISA. I don't have my assistant. I confirm myself. Um, and I ask them a series of questions. Those eight questions that I go through, like, are you prepared to sign a listing agreement? Are you going to be interviewing other agents? Are you prepared to actually get your house on the market? How far out are you going? Where are you going? How much do you owe on your house? All the questions that you would normally go to a listing appointment and ask, I'm asking before because mm -hmm. I don't want to go. I mean, think about it. How much time do you put in prepping for a listing appointment? <laughs> you put a lot of time in. So if you don't have to take time preparing and like, and, and, and like trying to qualify them in advance, you know, you're wasting your time. You could be wasting your time, or at least I learned that about me. And then the other thing that I do, um, is, um, I, I do believe that like people want to work with professionals. Okay. Think about it. When you go to a doctor's office, or you go to an attorney, they ask you a ton of questions before they book the appointment. You go to a doctor's office, what's wrong with you? How long have you been feeling this way? What have you done to prevent it? Like they ask you all the questions in advance, right? So they're, they're, they're pre-qualifying you for the appointment. So you got to do the same thing on your listings and your buyers too. Like even the buyers, like you got to ask them, are you prepared to buy in the next 60 days? If you're not, great. I need, I need to know how to better follow up with you. Because if you're not prepared to buy in the next 60 days, I'm probably not going to be calling you three times a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, and I might have you on, I might have on a different drip campaign. Yeah. Who is that? There's Sorry. a good question. It's Christine. Hi, how are you? Hey, um, there's a good question for you that, that I'm starting to add on my listing presentation and actually for buyers. So tell me, um, tell me what's going on with your housing situation right now that has you looking for a house or wanting to sell your home. I think that's like, for me, it's, it just rolls off my tongue so easy that I think it just opened. I think you, you know, who did I listen to? I think it was Jason Samard that had that because it's just, um, it opens it up like, okay, so tell me a little bit more. So maybe that may be like a first qualifying question that you might be able to, you know, just open up the conversation. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good pre, that's a good, a good prequel to question to ask before you actually go on the appointment for sure. I totally agree with that. The other one that I, the other one that I, um, really like, and I think I heard this from someone else was, um, when someone talks about their timeline, a buyer talks about, I'm, I, you know, I'm thinking about buying in the next, you know, next year or so, right. How many of you hear that? That's something we hear all the time. Right. So one of the ways to kind of get around that and actually like get that uh, timeline a little bit more buttoned up is to say, that's great. I found that many of my clients that are looking to buy are anywhere between 90 days and 18 months on that scale. Do you follow closer to the 90 days or 18 months? <laughs> I gotta tell you when I asked that question, guess what? All of a sudden people are like, 
Oh, well, I mean like probably like two months, not even 90 days. I actually, I did that the other day and someone's like, not even 90 days out. I'm two months out. I'm like, okay, cool. Right. Oh, that's a great question. I like that. Yeah. It's a really good way to like pose the question to get people to like kind of narrow in their timeline for you. And it also says, um, it also says, you know, you're, you're a professional agent. You have other clients, you work with people all the time. So you're not just some Joe blow, you know, trying to, you know, close a deal. You're like, this is what I do. Most of my clients do this. Um, okay. So plucking one from your Facebook post, Lewis, what are your favorite lead gen platforms? Street text, street text, street text, street text. I'm going to have Marcus on here in a couple of weeks to kind of talk about street text. If you have not heard about it, if you have great, but street text is probably my number one source for listing leads. I get about seven per day right now. So, um, street text is my number one. So I highly recommend How much it. Spending on street I spent my, my budget is $12 a day. I'm running two ads right now. So, and then um, if you, if you, I remember watch, running Linnea's numbers once she spent $1,500 in six months and generated five deals from a very small number of appointments. It's crushing it. It's the best money spent. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, Hunter, for doing that. Cause Hunter did it for me. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't run that, but street Texas, street Texas is my number one lead gen. And yes, I will throw my affiliate link in the chat. Thank you, Steve, for reminding me always got my back. I love it. I have affiliate link for street Texas. If you want to know more about it. Um, the other one that I use for, um, lead gen is Google pay-per-click. And I have a team that manages it for me that teaches me everything I need to know, but I don't really want to know more. So I just like let them manage it for me. <laughs> so I have a team that manages my Google pay-per-click. And the third is YouTube. Those are my three favorite lead gen platforms. And I love YouTube mostly is my favorite because YouTube is free. A, B, by the time people are calling me, it's, there, people actually call me from YouTube. It's not like they're coming into a funnel. They're actually picking up the phone and calling me because they've already gone down the funnel on YouTube. So by the time they call me, they're hooked. So I love YouTube. Um, and that was kind of like where I threw in my, um, my focus in 2022 uh, was was heavily into YouTube. I went after YouTube with a vengeance because I'm like, I know there's something here. So YouTube is my favorite. Also, my YouTube coach will be on here on the 18th. If you want to know more about YouTube and how he helped me grow my subscribers, I was at 102 subscribers at the beginning of the year. I'm now at over 450 or 460, something like that. I've closed eight deals from YouTube this year. So if you want to know how I did it, make sure you come to the call on the 18th because my YouTube, YouTube coach is going to be here for you. So... Um, okay. Let me see. What is my YouTube channel? You can search at Linnea Carver. Uh, you want my 460,000. Thank you, Steve. Can you put my YouTube channel link in here, Steve, if you're on my channel right now? Did, are you there? Oh, good. Look, Sarah has my link for, um, street text. I love it. I got people got me taken care of. Isabel. Yes. If you want to focus more on listings, but you have buyers, uh, a lot of buyer leads, do you recommend outsourcing those buyer leads to um, um, other buyer agents or do you put them or do you give them to an in-house buyer's agent? Um, I actually have a buyer's agent who works with me. So she takes 99.99% um, of my buyer leads. The ones that she does not take are the ones that don't speak English. <laughs> There's a few of those. So I will outsource the ones that don't speak English or speak another language to an agent that does speak, speak their language. But um, I have a buyer's agent on my team. And how do you compensate um, the buyer's agent if, if that buyer's agent is on your team? 
it's just, we have a, we have a, a contract that we reviewed uh, at the beginning of the year and it's just depending upon where the lead source is. It varies. I mean, it's not a split like 80, 20 all the time. It's not that it, it really just depends on what the lead source is, where they came from. Uh, that's really going to be it because I have to take into account how much I had to spend on the lead. So for example, if it's somebody that, and whether or not I had to have uh, an ISA refer, like basically help me nurture that lead. If an ISA actually helps nurture the lead, it actually, it's a, big, a bigger split on my side because I had to pay the ISA and I had to pay for the lead. Right. So you just kind of have to think about it that way. I would not, I just, I just, because I've looked so much into my business and where I'm wanting to go with my business, I've really hunkered down on how much I'm spending and how much I'm taking, because I do give a lot. I give a lot away. I give a lot. I have a lot of leads coming in. Um, I do take, I do take a big split. And and then that other buyer's agent that you have in-house, they're like an independent contractor. Yep. Yep. She can go out and get her own business too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thank you. Pretty, it's pretty nice. She's, she's amazing. She's, she's been a great, great, great addition. So. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. But I would say like, if you want to hire a buyer's agent, make sure you have a lot of buyer leads. You can't just hire a buyer's agent and then like try to go get a bunch of leads. Like you need to have an overflow of leads before you bring on someone for sure. Yeah. And the reason I'm asking is because my sister, she's a realtor. She has like around over 600 buyer leads. And so she just wants to focus more on the listings and other um, areas like probate. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason. Yeah. I mean, if she's got 600 buyer leads and she can't manage them all, either hire an ISA to go through them. Or, I mean, the thing is with like a, a, an agent, you have to remember, it's going to be a little bit more time taken away, right? It takes a, me having an agent um, on my team takes a little bit more time from me. Right. Because I have I'm doing a lot of training and coaching and developing. Right. Whereas like if I have, you know, an ISA an ISA should be able to know how to convert a lead. So it, it, it does take a little bit more time, but it also does give me a lot more time. So the, the payoff to me is worth it. Thank you. You're welcome. Galen. Hi there. And um, thank you for doing this. I what do you say to a to a buyer who's like wanting, waiting for the market to crash. Oh, I think they think they're in the market's going to crash in six months. I mean, everybody thinks it's going to crash. And so what do you say? I mean, isn't it already crashing? It it already has. I don't know about what anyone has heard. Linnea just told us that we've gone from days on market, increasing, increasing, increasing and price per square foot dropping almost $50 a square foot in 90 days. That's, that's crashing. The market's crashing. We're, we're like, that's what I'm like, isn't it crashing already? I mean, what is that? If, if someone says, I want to wait for the market to crash, I always ask, what does that mean to you? And then I go over the stats, like, like Hunter just said, I go over the stats. I'm like, in the last 30 days, you know, 30 to 60 days ago, people were willing to pay $203 per square foot. You know, right now, what we're seeing is people aren't even willing to pay $170 per square foot because the homes are sitting on the market twice as long. So they're not even willing to pay less today than they were 30 days ago. And Gaylene, really it's going to depend reflect. on. Yeah, it's going to depend on her her city. Right. Mine's mine's not crashing over here. We still don't have enough inventory, so we're not crashing. We're not doing over ask, but but it's going to be it's kind of hyper focus. But I'm also telling them prices aren't going down. We don't have enough housing here at all. But it'll depend on her yeah. Las Vegas area. Yeah. So I think, I think like you just kind of have to ask, you've got, you've got to, A, Galen, to, to be able to answer that question. You've got to know your stats. I, re- I strongly recommend tracking your stats. Just, I'm not telling you which stats to track. Pick the ones you want to track and track them consistently. Pick five, five. I pick five stats. 
price per square foot. And we all know you should not price a home based on square foot. Okay. But that is what the consumers look for. And it's a really easy metric to speak to that people understand. So I track price per square foot. I track days on market. I track um, sales price, average sales price. I also also track the number of expired listings because expired listings are going to tell you that homes are probably overpriced and they just didn't sell. It just tells you how many more homes are not selling. And then I also track buyer demand. I want to know how many buyers are, 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 are out there right now. For example, I have one listing that's been sitting on the market for 85 days. I had a seller who did not want to bring their price down. The other day I said, look, I said, we, right now there are 16 buyers in your MLS area. I have 34 homes for sale. What does that tell you? <laughs> 16 buyers, 34 homes. There's literally more than two homes per person to choose from. So you have to make yours super, super, super super special. Like, and the only way to do that after this long on market is to bring that price way down. How do you figure, how do you figure out how many buyers there are? In my MLS uh, showing, showing time, I know um, showing time is owned by Zillow, but showing time uh, does track how many shows to pending, how many shows to listing. So I pay attention to that metric. And you like in my MLS, you can take it and you can track it by like MLS area. You can take it by your zip code. You can do whatever you want. You could even do like a specific neighborhood if you wanted to, but I track shows to pending and shows to listings. And you can look at median or average. I, I prefer to use average. So when I say track your, track your numbers, track them, like use the same numbers all the time. So you, so you're never like, you can always just speak to them, have a little bit more like back pocket information, like median versus average. Like if you really want to know the difference, like don't speak median one week and then average the next week. You know what I'm saying? Like speak median and speak or speak average, not both. And don't choose one day to all to suddenly track pen, like pending listings. And then now you don't have to track pending listings. Like you just got to make sure you track them consistently and track them week over week. Because I'll tell you what, when you start looking at it week over week, you can start seeing that downtrend. You can start seeing it well ahead of everybody else. So it's really easy to like be able to speak to that. And we can go into that again. That's a whole skill set, which when I ask the question about skills, that's a skill that I think is really, really important. It's being able to speak to what's going to happen in the market. And the only way to do that is to track. Great, great advice. I, I, you were talking about list price and I lost a listing to some to a part-time agent. They priced the listing at 1.1 million and it's not going to sell above 800,000. And so they're going to be chasing the market and you know, they made it active and they have one picture and it's a can't, you know, like a $1 million listing and you're not even putting photos up. Crazy. Well, I think that also goes back to the listing presentation and the pricing conversation with the client too. That goes back to actually, how are you pre-qualifying the client? Are they, are you understanding in advance? Like in my pre, one of my pre-qualification questions is what do you want to sell your home for? I ask them, what do you want to sell your home for? Because I don't want you to come over and try to pop quiz me and tell me what I think. I, what I think I'll give you a price recommendation. I'm, I'm not afraid to tell someone if I disagree with what they think. But I always ask them, what do you want to sell your home for? Because like Galen, in that example, if you had asked in the pre-qualification, do you want you, what do you want to sell your home for? And they said 1.2 million. I probably would have said, okay, well, I'm not sure that I'm going to be doing you a service, the best service by helping you. So I'm going to go ahead and pass on this appointment. Because if, someone is, if someone's weight, like if that's really, if you're like at 800 and they're at 1.2, I mean, good luck trying to get them down. <laughs> that's a yeah. big, that's a big difference. And I probably would not take that appointment. Yeah. They're, they're competing with a comparable house. That's a thousand square foot more with a pool and it's listed at like under a million, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. yeah. So they don't it. have a pool. 
pre-qualification listing, but again, we can go into that on a different topic. Okay. We are over time. I'm so sorry, you guys. I hate going over time, but sometimes it happens because this conversation is so good. Uh, Veronica, I will post in the Facebook group about how I track buyers. And there was one other question in here um, that someone had for me is like, what people are asking for my scripts and this and that. Just go to the go to the Facebook group. Go to the group. I'll get it all in there. Like all the stuff. I'll just put it in there. Okay. There we go. And if I forgot something, just post it. Because I might forget something. It's possible. Okay. All right. Thanks, you guys. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.